Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Stephanie Hanlon Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I will unpack the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that today, more than any time before, we're living through the most impactful events in history, changes in the world that are leading to rising confusion, uncertainty, and ultimately fear. For those who are awake, your view of your world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Whether it's the growing social and political divisiveness, the need to pivot in business or career, or shifting family dynamics, very few know how to deal with or manage what is unfolding before them. Whatever you're experiencing in your world, Stephanie and I have deeper conversations about mental, emotional, and spiritual health that provide a context for the living that we hope inspires you to ask different questions and has you check in to ask yourself the hard questions. Like, is the path you're on the best path for your journey? Are you still clear on your intended destination or has it changed? Our vision is to provide you ideas and tools that you can apply in your life that you can use to take steps in your evolution of being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen in, enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters episode, where I'm usually joined by my amazing, beautiful, intelligent wife, Stephanie Hanlon Francie, but she is not here today. As a matter of fact, she is in Japan at a Grand Prix working with a few teams over there who are competing, and she'll be joining us again for the next episode. So here I am, flying solo, which... As I've expressed on the odd occasion that I do that, it's always uncomfortable for me. You know, many uh, hundreds of podcasts, I'm always interviewing somebody, having a conversation. So when I left on my own, it always feels a little uncomfortable. Anyways, here I am, and uh, I'm taking on a topic today that really came out of an event that we hosted, the Real Estate Growth Conference, a members-only event. But in that came some kind of epiphanies, if you will, or some insights, some things that I saw unfold. And we had a great uh, keynote speaker uh, who is a guest on my show, The Everyday Millionaire, and Ryan Nidell. Through that, I came to a topic that kind of gets talked about, but I wanted to add a little bit of meat to the bone, so to speak. And that was, how do we deal with problems? How do we deal with business problems, life problems, how do we handle business decisions that need to be made and the problems that that can create? And I want to start by using a phrase that I've often used, which is the quality of our life is a reflection of the quality of the questions we ask. So we always need to be checking in and considering if we are asking ourselves the right questions. We can get caught in searching for an answer or what to think rather than reflecting on how we are thinking. A lot of mindset matters, and when we talk about mindset, it's not what to think. It's often about how we are thinking. So consider that a problem that we may be solving is based on how we see the problem. And a quote that came up on the weekend was, the problem is how we see the problem. So until we change the narrative of how we are seeing the problem, we may stay stuck in what to think rather than how to think. If we consider the problem is how we see the problem, we can shift actually to reflect and be aware of how we are thinking. 
Okay, so stay with me and I'll try and break this down a little deeper. First, we have to consider that there is an interesting dynamic, isn't there, of what we consider a problem. So for this conversation, I'm going to call, I'll call some problems type A. So a type A problem, which are problems that we want to take on and we want to solve them. We're actually excited to solve these problems because we know that on the other side of solving the problem, there's going to be a reward. At some level, we've calculated that the reward is worth the time and the brain power and the energy and the actions we need to take to actually solve the problem. And we actually see it as an opportunity that solving the problem will actually create. Now, these are type A problems that are actually great problems to solve. It's how great products and services are created and how they're developed. So for example, they solve a problem for others. And so they fill a gap. Many great businesses or entrepreneurs have been built by doing what? Well, solving problems. So you may be a real estate investor. You're actually solving a problem for someone who, or which is actually to provide a place to live, a place for them to call home. That's a problem. You've solved it by being a rental housing provider. Stephanie and I own businesses, including the coaching that we provide, which is helping others solve problems. So we're actually filling a gap. Now, all of this is probably stating the obvious when you think about it. There's nothing here that you don't know at some level. But as we go down the layers, it's really not enough to just fill the gap of demand. You know, the next layers of problem solving then actually become of operations or HR and sales and marketing and how do we deliver that product to generate the revenue we need to be profitable. And for the most part, these remain problems that at some, some level we like to solve them because we can see the other side and go, this is going to be worth it. And as we break through the problems, we get to enjoy that reward. And whatever that reward is, whether it's financial or credibility, or perhaps it takes you know, business to an, a next level, whatever it is for you, the point is, is there's a reward. And in general, we're willing to talk to others and seek guidance and seek coaching and mentorship because we really want to solve this problem. You know, we stand on the shoulders of giants to solve this problem. We're committed to solving the problem because we see the reward on the other side. Now that's a type A problem and it's still very high level, but it's just to give you a context for what this particular uh, discussion is about. Then there are other times, okay, which we have problems that show up that we feel like, well, we didn't create this problem. I don't want to actually have to solve this problem. And we don't have to, we don't want to have to deal with it. It may even piss us off and make us really angry. And let's, for the context of this discussion, let's call them type B problems. So for example, interest rates go up and now the rental property you invested in doesn't cash flow anymore, or a new manager changes the direction of your department and you don't feel that you want to go in that direction. So now you face the decision to quit. It's a problem that could be, what do I do now? What will I do? How will I make money? Oh, geez, a whole new problem. And you had nothing to do with it in your world. It's just the manager, right? So the downturn in the economy or in an economy has can dramatically and negatively shift demand for your product or service. So sales drop, profitability drops, cash flow drops. And uh, I've been involved and been part of all of those scenarios. None of them are fun, but they're a problem that has to be solved. 
and perhaps even you and your partner no longer see eye to eye and align in your relationship. And to make matters worse, one of you got caught having an affair. Who knows? The point is, is that all sorts of problems get created that we don't want. A family riff over an inheritance leaves you really kind of divided with other members of your family. So these are all things that are problems that we don't want to deal with, but we have to. So if we face it, at the end of the day, life's problems show up and we have to face them. And it's actually just endless. You know, and I've categorized them as type A, type B. Type A problems, problems we want to solve. You know, you're an engineer and you've got this problem you want to solve. It's part of what you do. You love it. That's why you're a great engineer, whatever it might be. Or then these other type B problems, which are, oh gosh, you know, why do I have to deal with this? At the end of the day, whether it's a type A or a type B problem, there's really always a combination of them to solve, right? You know, some of them you take on, some you don't want to take on, but there's a combination of these type A, type B problems that are just kind of flowing into our life. And often there are problems that we created for ourselves as a result of the decisions or choices we made. And then there's the problems we face that are totally outside of our control, like the rising rates or collapsing economy or a change in a corporate or government policy, for example. So as we go deeper into this conversation, and if you were to ask almost, for example, any entrepreneur or any member of a management team what they do, when given the time they need to think it through, they'll often conclude that their primary job is really just to solve problems. It's what they do for a living. I often say that's what I do for a living. If somebody asks me what I do for a living, I often say I'm a janitor because of all the keys that I carry. I'm joking. Anyways, I don't even know where that came from. I'll keep going. So when you ask them what they do for a living, it's I solve problems. And think about, you know, the most successful entrepreneurs, you know, I'll use, uh, I don't know, an Elon Musk, uh, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. And I'd only mention them because they're recognizable names. But at the end of the day, what have they done and been brilliant at doing, which is, you know, they keep solving problems and their success actually causes them type B problems. So you look at Musk, who takes over Twitter, for example, he buys Twitter, you know, he goes in there, he starts solving problems, but then he becomes at the effect of that success because now he's dealing with, you know, people coming at him, potential lawsuits, you know, trolls, all of these things that are making wrong. Those are problems that he's having to deal with. So I'm just using it as an example because it's, you know, kind of out there right now. And we look at these problems that, you know, we create this business, which then creates a set of problems. And the whole, the whole thing around it is that, Problems just exist. It's what happens and we have to deal with it. So all of this is to say that the better we become at solving problems, the more value we bring to the world, the more income we have, the opportunity to generate, for example, and the better the quality of the life that we can live. So let's go back, I don't know, to where I started a minute ago. The problem is how we see the problems. So let's just break it down a little bit deeper. Now, take a minute to think of a type B problem that you are facing right now. You know, the ones that you didn't ask for and that you didn't want to have to deal with. And then ask yourself, how are you viewing that problem? You know, these type B problems, that's where I want to focus on this particular podcast. You know, they're the ones that we don't want to deal with, the problems that seem to show up out of nowhere that we didn't seem to have anything to do with. And we need to ask ourselves, how am I thinking about this problem? 
Not what am I thinking, how am I thinking? And these are little distinctions that can really shift things, change the, the trajectory actually of how you look at what you're having to deal with. So at its most basic level, for example, you're, are you able to get past the victimness and or are you stuck in the question of why is this happening to me? Why did this have to happen to me? We've all been there. Or are you searching even for or looking for someone to blame, you know, whether it's a person or are you blaming some circumstances and just bad luck? So in that, you know, the first thing to notice is that these are actually redundant or rhetorical questions. Yet I've worked with clients who have been stuck in that question for the longest time. Now, I have in my life been stuck in those questions. Why did it have to happen to me? Why is this happening to me? That question actually doesn't get you anywhere. Unless you can come up with an answer to it really, really quickly, it just becomes redundant and rhetorical. You need to move on from that question. We actually need to shift to the reality that it has in fact happened or it is in fact happening. And while it may feel right to ask the question, it's important to get past those kinds of questions really quickly because they absolutely take us nowhere. They actually disconnect us from the possible solutions. Can we go back and ask ourselves, why did this happen to me? And get to, yeah, okay, I did this or that. Yeah, it's great. But you need to deal with what is actually the reality of the situation. So we don't want to disconnect ourselves from the solution by staying in those redundant or rhetorical questions, because at some point you have to face that reality of the situation. And the quicker that you can get to that, the faster and easier it will be to get through it and actually come out the other side. So instead of it being in that, you know, why is this happening to me question, why don't we start and why don't you start considering asking yourself different questions? What if you were to consider the role that you played in the problem? Not why is this happening to me? How did I create this? By asking where I am the source or what I did to create the problem. And I'll get to that in a minute. You know, there's, okay, hold it. I'll go right there. So for example, what did I step over? What assumptions did I make? And what question did I miss asking or what assumption did I make of an expectation that I had, but I didn't express? You know, Stephanie and I often talk about assumptions and expectations. And anytime that you're operating on an unexpressed expectation and you're making assumptions, those are often that are what are the source of the problem, the lack of willingness to ask those tough questions. You know, there's what am I ignoring and pretending not to know because you didn't want to have a courageous conversation. You didn't want to ask tougher, more detailed questions because it felt like confrontation or maybe you didn't want to even hear the answer. So now you're left with the problem to solve. So let's go back to the reality that the problem is often how we see the problem, which means we need to perhaps step back and ask ourselves different questions. So is it your default to what to think? And can you actually shift it to the awareness of how you are thinking? So is the problem how you are dealing with the problem? In the book, Extreme Ownership, written by Jocko Wilnick, it's a book that I talk about and recommend a lot because it's so powerful, is we can't go down a path of how we think 
Or if we go down a path of how we think, we ask the question often and come to the realization as our life is a reflection of the decisions we make or the decisions we don't make. The questions we ask ourselves or others or the question we don't ask are what gives us the results, often the results that we don't want to have to deal with, those type B problems that we have to say. You know, so like going to the gym and pushing our muscles to the extreme, that's actually what helps them grow. It's actually what helps them stay in shape. Even if you're not pushing them to extreme and getting stronger and building bigger muscles, going to the gym and working those muscles is what keeps them strong. Now, in that analogy, when we take on problems differently, when we actually work on problems and are willing to take them on and ask ourselves where we are responsible, where didn't we ask the right questions, where are we refusing or not wanting to ask the right questions. And when we do that, we start to understand that as we get through these problems and dealing with them, we actually get stronger. We come out the other side and we can put a win on the board and say, yeah, I got that. But it comes from not ignoring and not spending time blaming and not spending time, you know, looking at circumstances. It is actually looking at the reality of what is for you and then saying, okay, I'm going to take this on. And that is a, a way of thinking. It's the how we think. And this is such an important kind of conversation for many in that it's so easy to want to make somebody else wrong. It's so easy to defer blame, if you will. And when you just have extreme ownership in dealing with the, especially those type B problems, then we can start to practice taking them on and seeing where, how we, or where or how we can avoid future problems like that by having those courageous conversations, by not making assumptions by actually expressing expectations. And, you know, in dealing with so many small business owners and real estate investors and joint venture partners, that's often where I see problems that get created. And in the initial phase of a relationship, in the initial phase of a partnership, it's often exciting. You know, we're going to take on the world. We're going to do all these things. Got it, got it, got it. Fantastic. But it's the next layer of conversations that don't get had and which is around often assumptions that get made and expectations of somebody that can't live up to those expectations. Number one, you didn't express them. And number two, they literally may not be qualified to live up to those expectations. So when we step back and look at the hurdles that we have to face, often in our ability to solve those problems, it can shift to what's the opportunity. And when we shift the question to not what is the problem, we can begin to shift it to what is the opportunity, it gives us a different perspective. Again, it's not what to think, it's how we think, how we train ourselves to think to deal with what's coming at us. Type A problems, you know, those are generally something that we know we're going in eyes wide open. We want to solve this problem because it serves us in some way. We see the outcome of investing in real estate, building a business, uh, taking on a bigger role in our careers, getting more education. And we see the other side of it and we go, no, we want to take this problem on. It's the type B 
problems that, oh gosh, I don't want to have to deal with this. And we can really step in, many will step into or lean into that I'm a victim to circumstances. So to keep this conversation short and sweet, I invite you to consider how you see a problem. How are you thinking? And is the problem that you're facing because of how you see the problem? And as we wind this all down, it does take some time to think about the questions that you need to ask yourself. And it is, it may behoove you, if that's the right word, to sit down with somebody, a, a trusted friend or advisor, and put it on the line and go, this is what's happening. And that might be very embarrassing, by the way. It may feel very, you know, like I really screwed up. You might feel some shame. And that's where the courageous moments take place, right? It's like setting your ego to the side and having these conversations so that you can actually deal with them differently. You can look at how you're seeing the problem, how you're thinking about the problem, and work through it. And it doesn't go around in this kind of vacuum of your mind. So when you're looking at all that you have going on in your life and all the things you seem to be dealing with, take a moment, bring your awareness to it. Are you having the same conversation over and over and over again? And how do you break that cycle? Well, one way to break it is to ask an outsider that has no skin in the game, no attachment to it. Somebody with a view of the world that isn't your view and that can come at it from a different perspective. So this is me flying solo today. I hope the topic was beneficial and I hope there's some meat on the bone there that uh, you can take and chew on and uh, solve some problems a little bit differently and uh, hope this was helpful. Thanks, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.